Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. The accused minister had previously committed predatory behaviour, but he promoted him to a position of power anyway. Why? That's Labour leader Keir Starmer setting out the crux of the latest accusations against Boris Johnson at Prime Minister's questions. And the resignations are coming thick and fast, topping off a tumultuous 24 hours for the PM, which began after Rishi Sunak quit as Chancellor of the Exchequer, along with Health Secretary Sajid Javid. Treading the tightrope between loyalty and integrity has become impossible in recent months. newly minted Treasury Chief Nadim Zahawi who was sent out to face the breakfast TV cameras. Look at the people who are egging us on to be divided and to change leaders. It's people like Alistair Campbell and all I would say to my colleagues is you know wherever Alistair Campbell is we need to be on the other side of that argument. Chris Pincher groping scandal marked a watershed moment for the Johnson administration as a stream of ministers handed in their red boxes today with Children's Minister William Quince and Party Vice Chairman Bim Afalami joining the exodus. So how effective has this stream of resignations been as a tool to dislodge the PM? When we had the biggest war in Europe for 80 years, Mr Speaker, uh, that is is exactly the moment that you'd expect a government uh, to continue with its work, not to walk away. So the vultures are circling the smell of rotting prey, with one newspaper this morning suggesting this government was one destined to devour itself. Can the PM hold on for a few more months, weeks, days or even hours to make sense of a strange political week indeed? We're joined from a tense Westminster by the Evening Standard's Deputy Political Editor David Bond. David, what's the resignations tally so far? They're coming thick and fast as we speak. The resignation tally, I think, is probably now up to five this morning. So I think it's 15 in total. So they started around uh, six o'clock last night and then there was a brief lull, obviously, overnight. And then they sort of started again just before nine o'clock this morning. And I think we're probably going to see a few more as the day goes on. What's the atmosphere been like today around Westminster and what happens seeing as Johnson recently survived a no-confidence vote? Well, it's just shifting so quickly. People always use this word febrile, frenzied, whatever. It does feel that way. Certainly in the press lobby this morning and the Evening Standards lobby team, Nick Tessel and Rachel Burford, it felt uh, very, very uh, hectic, unusually so. And once these resignations started to flow through, then you sort of realise that the, the sort of narrative of the day was changing. Sort of first thing this morning, as I was driving in to the office, I was thinking, well, you know, Boris, he, you know, never write him off. 
there's a fair chance that he could survive this again. Maybe you can't, you know, jump to any conclusions. And of course, we're not there yet. But you do feel that again, the story has shifted as more resignations have come in, and also more Tory MPs making public letters calling uh, for the rules to be changed on a confidence vote. So you've got this sort of immediate threat from ministers. And at the moment, there are no signs of any other cabinet big hitters following Rishi Sunak and Sajid Javid out the door. But there are plenty of sort of well-known junior ministers who have have said that they are walking. So there's the immediate threat from sort of more ministerial resignations, which might force Boris Johnson to fall on his sword. But then if that doesn't dislodge him, then there is this threat of another confidence vote. And just to explain that, so at the moment, the 1922 backbench committee of Tory MPs, it's like the the union for Conservative MPs in Parliament. They had a confidence vote on Boris Johnson, as we know, he won that exactly a month ago today, actually, Mark. And under their rules, he can't face another confidence vote for 12 months from that vote. So it would be 11 months now. But what now a lot of opponents to Boris Johnson want to do, and they want the rules changing now so that you could have a second confidence vote much sooner than that. What that means is that if Boris Johnson doesn't decide to go, if he decides to cling on, if there's no other big ministerial resignations, then there could be this new mechanism uh, from Conservative MPs to try and dislodge him through a confidence vote. And I guess, say what you like about the Conservatives, they don't hang about when dispatching their leaders. Yeah, I mean, they have this reputation for ruthlessness. You know, you think back to the way that they dispatched Margaret Thatcher back in 1990. But I think actually one of the criticisms on this occasion of the Conservative Party is that they haven't moved quickly against Johnson, despite all the months of turmoil and negative headlines and questions over probity and leadership and integrity. This really does go back to last autumn with the whole Owen Paterson uh, sleaze storm. And, you know, you've had sort of scandal upon scandal, Partygate, now Chris Pincher. And there are those who actually think, well, you know, the Conservative Party hasn't moved as ruthlessly as it has done in the past. But no, you're right. Now, once you sense that the balance is shifting, you could see things develop quite quickly. I mean, there are sort of rumours as I was coming down to talk to you that perhaps a delegation from the men in grey suits, the grandees of the Tory party who lead that 1922 committee could go and see Boris Johnson at Downing Street today and say, look, the game's up. So things could now move very quickly. But again, things are shifting so fast that you couldn't rule out there being a sort of another shift in this drama. Who are the Johnson Ultras? We're looking at you, Nadine Dorries. And who are the runners and riders tipped to succeed Boris Johnson? If you're looking for the most loyal members of uh, the Boris Johnson government, well, you've already mentioned Nadine Dorries there, who was, uh, again, the first out on Twitter to, to say that Boris Johnson 100% had her support. But also yesterday, you know, I mean, Jacob Rees-Mogg, of course, Brexit Opportunities Minister, who was sent out onto the airwaves to, again, defend him. Uh, Boris Johnson. You've got people like Grant Shapps, Transport Secretary, who, you know, let it be known that he would be staying. Uh, Liz Truss also let it be known that she will be staying, which is quite interesting because obviously she is seen as a potential leadership candidate. But I think there is a number of those senior ministers who might fancy the job, who don't want to be seen to be wielding the knife. Ben Wallace is another one who, as Defence Secretary, his reputation has really grown during the conflict in Ukraine. And again, I think, you know, these are people who are thinking, well, I don't want to be seen as the person who was ultimately loyal and that can often count against you in a leadership contest so i think some of them may be playing a sort of waiting game to see which way things are going before deciding what to do next michael gove is very interesting because i don't think anyone expects 
him to be able to stand uh, in any leadership contest, given what happened last time with Boris Johnson when he switched and decided to run himself back in 2016. But can't rule anything out at the moment because things are shifting just so quickly here. Let's go to the ads. Please do stay there to hear about the tricks. Number 10's deployed to try and reclaim the narrative. And could the pincher scandal prove one embarrassment too far for conservative grandees? Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. David, what are the polls showing about the PM's popularity or lack of it, that he's not a competent and serious leader, as Sunak's resignation letter suggests? And are Labour capitalising on the chaos? Well, it's quite interesting because I think for for some time, if you speak to pollsters, they've priced in there's these questions over Johnson's leadership and integrity. And I think for some time, you know, I, I don't have the figures to hand, but his popularity has fallen dramatically. His sort of ratings on being the best person to lead the country have, you know, fallen sharply, have been, have been down for a, quite a long time. Uh, despite, you know, winning some credit for how he's handled the conflict in Ukraine. I'm not sure how much this moves public opinion. I think, you know, if there were a general election tomorrow, it was interesting. I was talking to Sir John Curtis, who is the polling guru from the University of Strathclyde. And he was saying if there was a general election, which, of course, is one of the tactics that's been floated by sort of people in number 10 in briefings to journalists, you know, to try and keep those Tory rebels in line because they'd be scared of losing their seat in a general election. But if there were a general election, you know, he described it as a kamikaze mission because the Conservatives would almost certainly lose to to Labour if there were a general election tomorrow because they are, I think they've got a nine-point lead in the polls. There is a separate question about whether Labour should be even further ahead, you know, these questions about whether Keir Starmer has broken through and whether he's really offering the policy agenda which is necessary for a government in waiting. It's probably just too soon for them to be there, but arguably, given everything that we've witnessed over the last few months, you would expect them to be way further ahead in the polls and they're not. So the sense that the public, perhaps, they don't like Johnson, they don't like what's happening, particularly on the cost of living crisis, which is the thing most people are concerned about if you look at the polls. But they're also not entirely convinced that Starmer is the alternative. How much do you think the Pincher affair has proved a pivotal moment for Johnson's undoing? Is it death by a thousand cuts, the culmination of embarrassments that include part Gate, the Arcuri scandal, the flat refurbishment, then the curious case of the time story that was digitally spiked, as we say in the trade. I think the Chris Pincher thing has been the last straw, I think, for a lot of people. Because don't forget that those who are senior in the whip's office 
are responsible, you know, they have a duty of care towards the people that they manage. They are responsible for party management. They're not just there to sort of uh, make sure people vote the right way, although that is primarily their function, but they are their party management. And if you have someone who had faced these allegations in the past appointed to such a senior position, I think that it's just convinced a lot of Conservative MPs who had previously given Boris Johnson the benefit of the doubt that his judgment is just not suitable. And this line that number 10, people are using the frame, the line evolved from number 10. Well, let's be clear about it. They completely changed their story between Friday last week and Monday. And then this idea that Johnson had forgotten that he'd been told about a previous case while Pincher was a foreign office minister, which had gone through a complaint, a formal complaints process, and had resulted in Pincher being given a warning by the then Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab, although it didn't result in formal disciplinary action, that was the outcome. So it wasn't like it was found to be a false allegation, it was found to be upheld, and he was warned about it. The idea that Johnson would forget something like that, well, it just stretched his credibility to the point. And I think that a lot of Conservative MPs looked at that, the, the way that Number 10 handled that, and just thought, you know what, enough is enough. And I think it's interesting, you can never quite guess what the thing is that is going to be the, the straw that breaks the back. But I think this was it. And number 10 spin doctors tried to reclaim the narrative today, steering interest away from this very interesting story. Yeah, they are. So Nadim Zahawi obviously is the new chancellor and uh, he was he was out on the media round this morning, uh, just 12, 12 hours, less than 12 hours after being appointed late last night. Uh, to the role. And he dangled the prospect of tax cuts. He talked about perhaps cutting corporation tax, which is due to go up very steeply from next year, from 19% to 25%. He also sort of talked about other tax cuts, but he also said that look, it's day one in the job and I'm going to look at everything. So it wasn't like he turned up with a sort of clear agenda that I've been discussing with Boris Johnson. We knew we were going in the wrong direction under Rishi Sunak and we're now going to start easing tax burdens on people. It wasn't that, but it, it was definitely in the air. And then, you know, there's been some briefings coming from number 10 of Johnson defiantly telling friends, you know, he's not going anywhere. I'm going to smash on and deliver for the people who gave us a massive mandate. So a very defiant message coming out of the Johnson camp this morning. I can't see how that holds up through the day. He's got this incredibly difficult day anyway, because he's got PMQs to face and then he's got to go in front of the heads or the chairs of all of the select committees in Parliament for what's called this liaison committee briefing, which he does twice a year, I think, and is always full of very difficult questions from very senior MPs. He's going to have to somehow battle his way through these two very public moments. And, you know, all this kind of manoeuvring and and discuss. I mean, the, the tea rooms are alive with gossip. The lobbies are full of chat. It just feels like the whole thing is moving at such a pace at the moment for him. More on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Thursday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. 
tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. 